As a woman of faith, I feel called to have difficult but necessary conversations in my podcast show. However, I want to offer a sincere heads up that this episode addresses sexual violence and other intensely painful topics. If you've endured assault, abuse, or other trauma, please do care for yourself and only listen if you feel emotionally able to do so. Although meant to heal and empower, reliving these realities can be triggering and re-traumatizing if you're not in the right space. Please do take your time with the hard story that we're sharing. Pause or step away whenever needed. My prayers are with anyone hurting, and I'm here to listen and support you. I mean, I laugh and I enjoy life and I love people. This is the thing. I love people. And I don't, the Bible says, how easy is it for you to love somebody that is lovely? How easy is it for that? The true test is, can you love somebody that's not lovely, that did not do lovely things to you? That's that's the true test of love. And I'm telling you, I have a compassion for God's people burning so deep in my heart. I love people and I hurt when other people are hurting and I want them healed. And I want to experience the God that I know and the saver I know and the deliverer I know because I know if he can do it for me, he can do it for them. I know it, I know it. And I just need them to know it. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners, and welcome to my Season 3, Episode 123, Horror Story to Glory Story, featuring my special kingdom rock star guest, Michelle Davenport. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch, also known as Michelle Gutch. And thank you for listening and watching my show that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them and never feel alone. And friends, I hope you are staying toasty warm inside your homes or someplace warm away from the very cold temps. If you live in the United States, many of us have been dealing with this frigid cold and uh, snow for the last several days. And we are ready for warmer temper temps. Uh, yeah. Um, I also wanted to take this opportunity and thank those who purchased my new 52-week online devotional that highlights my top 52 episodes since starting the show in February of 2019. And I wanted to also share another exciting update on my Altered Story Healing Memoir book, because I'm starting to get some traction on that and hope to launch it by early fall of this year. Now, enough updates. Friends, I am excited and honored to bring to the mic a lovely, spiritually gifted lady and new friend, Michelle Davenport from the KC area. And there's a lot to share about her. I'm going to share what I can and let her share more. But she's an ordained minister, inspirational speaker, evangelist, Bible teacher, author of four books, columnist, columnist, YouTube podcaster, and has been a guest on both radio and television talk shows. She also has two vertical hope radio shows on Christian Mix 106, where you can also listen to the Altered Story Show. She has a podcast called Girl Talk. That's pretty cool. Um, And I was blessed to be a guest on her Vertical Hope show twice and will be guesting again on her show soon. So let's get to know this amazing superwoman of God. 
Welcome to the Altered Story Show, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing good over here. Staying warm. Yeah. So do tell us more about you where I have not shared that isn't maybe tied to your story or what you're going to share, but anything else personally that you would want the audience to know about? Well, I've been married for 37 years and I have two beautiful daughters and two son-in-loves and five <laughs> booming grandchildren, uh, four boys, one girl. Um, yeah. And God has been good. Uh, I lost all of, almost all of my family. And he said, I will rebuild your family as I stood crying in the shower one night. And I'm telling you what, God is faithful. One marriage at a time, one pregnancy at a time, in that order, <laughs> one adoption at a time. And he has built our family back and we're a family of 11 now. <laughs> so uh, when we all get together, it's, it's, yes, it's a circus. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's a fun circus, but it is, it's, uh, he built my family back. That's for sure. Now, do your grandkids call you grandma or do they have a special name or do you really care? Do they care? How, how does that work in your family? Um, okay. So my youngest daughter's uh, children call me Nana and Nana. my oldest daughter's children call me Nina. And so I'm Nana and Nina. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cute. Yeah. I wanted to call Gigi, but neither one of my daughters would allow it. <laughs> so. Yeah, you you know, that's what I'm called. I love that. I love well, it. And they were like, no. And we I'm all, like, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. The only way I was, reason I was called Gigi is because my daughter's grandmother, um, she called Gigi. Yeah. I mean, and Isn't so I think German? that's, I think, yeah, yeah, it it's is. Not, because I've got German in me. And doesn't it mean beautiful grandma or? Yeah, or it does. Grandma or something like that. I mean, yeah, there's she no was... reason. <laughs> they, both, they both said, no, they're going to call you whatever they want to call you. And sure enough, you know, half of them call me Nana and half of them call me Nina. <laughs> oh, I love well, it. No, I love it. I don't. I'm okay yeah, I'm yeah. sure you could care less, but I love seeing all the pics of yeah. your grandkids and all the fun and everything you do with them. And it's a lot. It's it a lot. A, it's a calling, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, we need to do a show on the balance of ministry. We do. Wife, Nina, Nana. I mean, friendships, biblical studies, getting together with other women, fellowship. I mean, it is, I really depend on God to help me keep that balance and not go tilting yeah. in any direction, but stay balanced, you know, and yeah. make sure yep. that everybody's feeling loved and you know wanted <laughs> so. well it shows you do a fabulous job well thank you so thank you okay so you know i am very passionate as you are about sharing god's stories you yes, have I your am. vertical hope show mm -hmm. and i have the altered story show and yes. you know i'd i'd love to get your perspective on why you think it's so important for Christian women to share their God stories. I mean, just doesn't mean they have to go on camera. It doesn't mean they have to do it publicly, but you know, I, I just think women should share, they should yeah. share their, their testimonies, you know, where they can, but why do you think it's important for women to, to share their God stories? Well, the main reason I believe it's important is because the Bible says we are to encourage each other daily. And I don't know a better way to encourage another woman than to tell her what you've walked through and God's brought you through, that even if she's not going through something at that moment, you can bet she's gone through something or she's going to. Either way, it's going to be an encouragement for her. And I just believe in encouraging women. I feel like we do do that balancing act where we do jobs and children and dinner and grocery shopping and all the things. And we just need to encourage each other. And that to me, when you can tell them some of your testimony, that's encouraging. And it gives hope to people. I'm all about giving hope, vertical hope to people, to women in mm -hmm. general. 
Yes, me too. And I think it's so needed in the world. So I appreciate your perspective on it. And I just loving having another sister in Christ and, you know, someone I know we're not alone. I know we have a couple of other women out there that love this too. And so it's just so cool that we're kindred. Um, But now since I've wanted to have you share your story so much because it's so cool how God has taken you where he is. So can you just kind of walk us through where your horror story to glory story began and, you know, what led you to where you are now? Sure, sure. Um, Well, I've written it all in a book and I'm just uh, right here, ripen on the vine. Just want to give that a shout out because that book is being made into a movie by Unveiled Studios. But how this book starts out is how my horror story to glory story starts. And it starts when I'm four with my first memory. And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I can't remember back when I was four. Well, you have a trauma Mm -hmm. that traumatizes you enough. You'll either forget it, sink it way back in the back, or you'll remember it like it happened yesterday. Right. And so my book starts with my first memory. My first memory, I was four years old. I was in an apartment living with my mama. My brother was spending a night with my uncle and I heard a, we, I, we had bunk beds and I heard a huge uh, bang. Then the next thing I realized is that my, my dad, which my mom was divorcing at the time, of course, as a little girl, I didn't understand all that, but I did understand a big bang and I did understand my dad coming in my room, getting me out of my bunk bed, sitting me in between the living room and the dining room where I watched him beat and almost and rape and almost kill my mother in front of me. And that was his thing. That was what he chose to do was come get me out of bed and have me witness this. And then I seen my mother crawling to the phone, calling my grandmother to come get her and call the ambulance. And my mother then went to the hospital and she just, uh, she barely lived through that beating. And that is my first memory. Um, when I was a little girl, my mother did get divorced. My dad and then remarried him and then divorced him again. And he ended up in prison for robbery. Um, he was in the biggest gang member in Corpus Christi, Texas. And he remarried a younger woman, got married, had another daughter. And I didn't see him very often. And when I did, he was very violent. Um, even then towards me, even as a, a teenager, I went to try to live with him one time. And he ended up throwing a chair at me and a wine bottle. and. It was horrible. I ended up in the front yard uh, puking. I was just so uh, traumatized by him again. And so I didn't have a really good relationship with him. My mother did marry again after that. And she had married a really cool guy named Gilbert. And he was fantastic. He It was the best child. That four years with Gilbert was the best years, you know, as far as being raised as a child. Um, but One night, tragically, he was in a dune buggy drinking and he was on the Galliston Bay wall in Galliston in Houston, Texas, outside of Houston. And he was driving. He got to the end of the bay wall sooner than he expected. So he, instead of going into the ocean, he decided to try to turn the dune buggy and he flipped out and broke his neck and died instantly from that. And from there, it, there, the horror story really started building she, uh, you know, expectantly, you know, some, she loved him. We loved him. My brother was living with us at the time. He was not living with my dad, my real dad. And, um, she just, she just did not recover from that. Like, like, I don't believe ever, but, um, my brother then started doing drugs and he wanted to go live with my real dad and my mom against her better judgment said, okay. He was living with my real dad for several years. Meanwhile, my mother had married a, um, just a, just, he was just a horrible guy. I don't, he was corrupt in so many ways. Um, he, my mother and him started doing a lot of drugs and it just wasn't a good living experience at all with him. He ended up putting her in a mental institution. He, 
Um, he would torment me when he'd find out something I didn't like, like I didn't like June bugs. So one night he put June bugs in my bed and put the sheets all covered them all. And so when I folded back my bed, there was a lot of June bugs. Um, he would, you know, want me to leave the door unlocked when I showered. Uh, he was just, he was just a, he would tickle me, but wrong, like wrong. And I know women know what I mean by wrong. He would just tickle me wrong. Um, everything he did was just not normal for a stepdad, you know, while we were, while my mother was married to him, I was 11 and I was allowed to go to an amusement park with one of my friends. While I was there, um, a police officer, officer approached me, asked me to help him. I'm 11, you know, so don't touch me. So I said, yes, he ended up molesting me until the park closed at Astroworld um, in Houston, Texas. They have now shut it down so I can actually say the name of it. But um, they, they, the park shut down with me in there in a ditch being molested by this man for hours. He tied me up and then he left. He asked me to count to 100 and he said I could go. I felt very blessed in, a, in such a way because some of his victims weren't as lucky. And I mean, he did this all over the world. He posed as a police officer and a superintendent of schools and molested and hurt little children worse than he even hurt me all over the world. And um, the only way I found my way out of the park because it was dark as I heard the mother that brought us to the, to drop me and my friend off, which they didn't want to help the police. Them two did not want to help the police. So they went and did their own thing. Well, of course, when they got out there, you know, when the park was closing and they couldn't find me and the mother goes, where's Michelle? They said, well, she's helping a police officer. Well, then they knew somebody had, abducted me in the park and you know hurt me and so I heard her screaming so I just followed the screams till I got to her and got there and then the police took me home and of course I tried to talk to my mom about it but she just said I cannot talk about it I can't um that marriage kind of dissolved with the man that was kind of perverted and just wrong um, then she ended up marrying a drug addict and a drug dealer. So when she married this man, my brother was already living with my father, my biological father. Um, we got a call. I, she married him. I'm trying to, <laughs> there's so much here to unpack, but she married him. He was a drug dealer. My mom became a heroin addict. Uh, uh, we were, we were shot at, we were held hostage over lost drug money. He had, uh, for days on end, he couldn't find it. So he wouldn't let us out of the house. Um, my mom tried to leave him. He would sit across the street. We, we'd move and he'd sit across the street and shoot, shoot, literally shoot bullets at us while we were trying to get in the car to go to school and to go to work. And um, it was just a horrible, oh my gosh, this was so horrible. Um, she, my mother was just, you know, there was just a point where we traded roles because she could not mother me, but I felt like I needed to mother her and just check and make sure she's alive every day and coherent and, you know, just mother her, just take, try to take care of my mom while she was strung out on drugs. And, and he was, he was a mess. He didn't hurt me sexually, but mentally he really, he played r Russian roulette one night with me, he got a gun, put two bullets in it and shot me. And, but it, you know, by the grace of God that, he did not kill me. Um, and then I got where I couldn't handle it anymore. Mentally, I just was like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. So I went to live with a friend. And when I was living with the friend, um, I got a phone call that my brother had been in a wreck and he was leaving a bar with drugs and they were going to call the police on him. So he left quickly. Well, when he was about five minutes from my biological dad's home and he flipped his car and broke uh, not broke his neck, but flipped his car and it landed on him. He made it to the hospital. They pumped nine pints of blood in him and he pumped it out because he was so high. He couldn't even fight, couldn't fight for his life. And so I don't know that he had survived anyway, but he didn't even have a chance because he was too high and too much on drugs to fight for his life. So he died that night. Um, and then again, of course, you know, my mother even spiraled worse because she lost the love of her life. You know, she was beaten by my dad and no excuses. But I know women out there and it breaks my heart because I'm almost in tears because it just breaks my heart because I know how bad women 
are hurting out there and they're in relationships right now that they think I'm going to change him. Michelle, they say, I'm going to be the one that changed him. Let me tell you, you would think I wouldn't follow in my mother's footsteps, but I absolutely did. I, I, the, what I said when I was going through it is when I get out of here, when I'm old enough to leave, I am going to, I am not going to do drugs and I am going to marry me, you know, this nice man <laughs> that doesn't beat, doesn't rape, doesn't do drugs. And I got out there and I started doing drugs and I got engaged to a drug addict, and a heroin addict. I'm telling you, if you think you're going to be the one that changes that man, I am so sorry, but you will not change him. Now, don't misunderstand me. You won't change him. Doesn't mean God can't get a hold of him and change him, but you can't stay there and be abused while God does his work. Because the man that you're with, he has to allow the work to be done. So that's just, I just something I just felt in my spirit I needed to say right now because I feel like there's a, there is several women that is going to hear this podcast and they are saying, but he said he would change. Well, I'm telling you, darling, I'm telling you, I watched my mother go through seven husbands, seven. And the last one was the, I mean, the first, the second one that died, he was gold. And the last one was gold. But everyone in between that she thought she was going to change. Oh, Michelle, he's promised me he wasn't going to drink anymore. He wasn't going to do I'm telling you, then I experienced personally for myself that this guy said, I'll change for you. I'll change for you. I love you. I'll stop doing drugs. Well, they don't. And until God gets a hold of them, they don't. And I don't know if he ever changed. I didn't stick around. I was like, I'm out of here. I, I got a glimpse of what my life was going to look like. And it mimicked and mirrored the, that very life that my mother took me through. And I thought, I am one. I'm not going to ever have a child and bring them through this. And two, I don't want to go through it. I watched what happens to you when you go through that and you deteriorate as a person, as a human being, as a woman. And I wasn't willing to do that. And so I got out of there and that's why I've been married 36 years, but it's by the grace of God. And the first two years of our marriage was pure heck. <laughs> I'm telling you but we found Jesus and we held on tight. Uh, not to say it was a perfect marriage for the first 10 years. We both had some baggage to unpack. But God really was a center of our marriage. We were broken, but we kept him the center. And he and 37 years later, we still love each other uh, more today than we ever have before. And God's good. And that is a glimpse of my story. <laughs> that is just a, um, a small glimpse of my story and what's in the book but, um, and the movie. Well, I just want the audience to know that what you just shared takes an incredible amount of courage. Yeah. It's exhausting mm -hmm. sometimes to have to go back and relive our trauma and pain. Mm -hmm. And it takes an incredible amount of bravery and selflessness to, to do that. You know, yeah. Yeah. and so I don't, I don't want our audience to think this is just a piece of cake thing. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's, it's tough no. to have to go back and, and relive that. Well, you know, and, you and could, I, you could tell, I mean, even in, in your, you're obviously God's healed you, brought you through. Yeah. You're just yeah. incredible <laughs> woman. You, you wouldn't even know. Yeah, that you no. came out of that yeah. kind of horrific life yeah. and lifestyle that you lived starting out from the very beginning. I mean, it's just for one thing in the attestment of the healing that God has done in you mm -hmm. is phenomenal and how you're turning that for the glory of God. And you're, 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 it's just amazing. Like the, even this book you know, that you've written yeah. and that is going to hit the movies. I mean, I mean, it's just, we really got to really help support you through that one too. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's funding. That's for sure. I mean, everything's there. Yeah. Producers, executive producers, we've got a team, but you know, you don't make movies off nothing. You got to have some funding to do that. Right. So, you know, that's right. what we're going to shoot for. But I didn't want to share my story without sharing the main, I mean, everything that happened 
It, yes, that was a horror story. And I mean, I cannot even tell you how many times I came home to my mother trying to commit suicide and have a slit wrist, have a needle in her arm, you know, taking an overdose of pills. I mean, 15 times that I absolutely know of and so many times, even when I was a little girl, my grandmother found me beside her as she had taken pills and was about to die. Yeah, she, she tried to kill herself so many different times. But I'm going to tell you, like I said, th that was just a you know, an excerpt of the story. But I want to tell you how God healed me because so many yeah. times people hear a story like that and they go, well, how in the world is she like, yeah, tell us more about that <laughs> because straight jacket is somewhere, you know, no, um, no, he, I mean, yeah. tell you know us what? more where you can, you know, yeah, this is, this is the vertical hope. And I'm always about the vertical hope in the story. And so, yes, that's the horror story, but the glory story is this, as I got a hold of Jesus. Like I got a hold of Jesus and I just read his word and so engaged in his word and realized, you know, the, the forgiveness piece of Jesus and why he died on a cross for me. And I understood, you know, so often, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing any pastors, any ministers, anybody ever in my life. They all played a huge part of my healing. They all had a season to come and go in my life. And, and so seeds that was deeply rooted in me. So I say this with all due respect to everyone that's ever sowed a seed in my life of healing. But so often people will say, and I, that's why I think it's important to say it now. So often people say, you know what, Michelle, you need to forgive so you can be set free. It's really not about, you're not forgiven. So for them, you're forgiven for you. And that did help me for many years. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I forgive him because I need to be set free. And I've heard people say, well, you know, when you put you when you don't forgive somebody, it's like you put yourself in jail with them and give somebody else the key and you're locked up with that unforgiveness. I've heard so many ways of explaining why you should forgive, but it was until God and <laughs> any until of you God. say until yep. God, until yep. God spoke to me one day and he said this, Michelle, it's not about just you being set free. And he gave me a vision and he showed me a battlefield, Michelle. And he wow. said, I know that there are so many wounded people on that battlefield, Michelle. He said, I know you go get your mama off there. I know you'll go get your brother off there. I know you'll go get, you know, this person and that. He said, but would you get the man that molested you in that amusement park that night for hours? Would you get him off the battle? He said, because my son went to the cross selfishly. He said, selfish. Less, he said, he went selflessless. And so when you choose to forgive the man that molested you, then you're, it's about him being set free too. Because God, Michelle, God doesn't just care about me being set free. And it's going to be hard for your listeners to hear this. And I, I'm not saying it lightly. Yeah. I'm saying I took 15 years yeah. to get to that point. You yeah, know, so I'm absolutely. not saying this was like I woke up and rolled out of bed and like, the day I gave my life to Christ that I was, I felt this because it wasn't, it was a journey. And a lot of people played a part in my healing and I appreciate them. But the whole truth is this, you don't forgive somebody just to set yourself free because the abuser also needs to be set free. Also Absolutely. God wants him set free. And so I would tears in my eyes when he showed me that vision, I was bawling and I was literally in my mind in this vision was walking towards the battlefield. And I picked this man up and I hugged him over my back. And I, and it's not even humanly possible, but neither is forgiving a man that molests you. It's by Christ. It's by the spirit of God that makes that happen. This is not human effort. This is spirit, right. the spirit of the Lord. I picked yep. him up on my back at least. And I carried him off that battlefield and I sat him down. And I'm telling you right now, I want to see him in heaven. I want to see that man and I want to hug him. And that's going to be hard for some listeners to hear today because they've been molested and they've been raped and they're going to go, I don't want to even look at the man that raped me or molested yeah. me. I don't want nothing to do with him. And I get you. I get you. Okay. So understand this. I'm not saying this because I think it's an easy thing to do. I'm saying this because that is the wholeness and completeness and forgiveness is when you can look back on that situation and you can have a heart that cries out for the people that hurt you, knowing, knowing 
that they hurt too. I know that's, that's going to be a minute for you to get it. But I pray to God one day when you're with the Lord that he would whisper something so dearly in your ear. However, he wants to speak to you. For me, he showed me the battlefield. And he told me his son, it was, he died for us selflessly. And forgiveness is not selfish. So if you're only doing it so you can be set free, the Lord was showing me, it's not selfish, Michelle. I'm not selfish. I don't yeah. want just my daughter set free. I want my son set free. Yeah. And so in a way, carrying him off that field was yeah. allowing him to be set free, knowing that yeah. he was wounded too. Yeah. And I'm making excuses, so please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying just because he was wounded, he has the right to win, because that's the biggest lie of the enemy. It is. Or tell you is that because you were wounded, you have the right to wound somebody else. You don't. You yeah. don't. You do not have that right. What you do have a right to do is to forgive them. And that's in God's timing. And that's between you and God. I'm just sharing my story today and how yeah. I got full of joy where when I'm telling you I'm tearing up, it's not because I'm looking back at my past going, oh my God, I can't believe I had to go through all that. It's because I know there's women out there that are going through that. That's why my tears come up. That's why mm -hmm. I shed tears is because I'm healed. I've done what God's asked me to do. And, I've, and I am full of joy for doing it. And I want to see, I mean, I didn't tell you, but my aunt and uncle molested me when I was a baby. They both raped me when I was a teenager. I want to see them in heaven. I know that is hard to understand. And I'm telling you what, it's not a popular thing. You said it's not easy to share. This is the hardest part to share. Yeah, it's not what absolutely. Because God healed me. It's yeah. not what I've been through. But what it is, is telling people right now what God showed me. That is the hardest part. For, to tell someone that I want to see the person that molested me, that I trusted more. I trusted my uncle and aunt as much as I trusted my own parents. And my aunt sent my uncle in my room one night to rape me. And then she raped me. I trusted them. But this is what I know. I know there's a woman out there right now. Yeah. And the same thing, the exact same thing has happened to her. And I'm not saying she needs to be where I'm at right now. All I'm asking is for your viewers, your listeners mm -hmm. to be open to it, just to be open to the suggestion that God may want them to walk that way. Yeah, it takes. You have the gift of mercy. I really do think there's this. It. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there are people that God has just gifted you. You definitely are a woman of incredible gifting in so many areas, I think. But this particular area is, I mean, we have to forgive. And it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean... God forgave us in in our most horrible states. You he know, us even everything he knew we were going to do. I know. And That's and good. so I mean when I think about sin and how I've sinned in my past and when I find that I'm getting hung up on forgiveness for something that's just bondage it's it's a yeah. stronghold yeah then i can only do it through world. the strength of the lord you can only do it through his strength you know like you said it's just supernatural to be able to forgive that way but we have to pray for those that hurt others right i mean i mean that's what as the a christian about. that's what that's what the bible that's what the bible tells us as Amen. as a Christian, now we may not be there, we may not can't, and we're not, you know, I remember when I went through the trauma I went through, I was just, I'll never forgive him, I'll never forgive him, I'll never, I'll never forgive him, I'll never forgive him. As long as I live, I'll go to my grave and I won't forgive him. But you did. But God said, you have to forgive him. Yes. I forgave you. Right. 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 And Michelle. look what you did. 
And so, I mean, it's just, it takes grace. It takes so much grace to do this. I, I, you're just, this is just an incredible breakthrough. I think Michelle that you've shared for women who are just bound because I mean, even when we think we're healed. Yeah. This is what people ask me all the time when I do women's conference and share my testimony. They'll come up to me and they'll say, how do I know if I've forgiven them? I said, what's the first thing you think about when you think of them? Because if you think about the abuse, you probably just need to keep praying, you know, mm-hmm. just by faith, you know, help my, in the Bible, he says, you know, I want to believe, mm-hmm. but I'm doubting. So help me believe. I yeah. want to forgive, but I don't, I don't know how, and I don't know if I have. So help me forgive. Yeah. Forgiveness yeah. is by faith. By faith, you are forgiving, just like you're getting saved. But I'll tell you, this is what the movie's about. It's not just about my story, and it's not just about women that have been molested and raped. I'm not just a voice for the voiceless. Yeah. For all yeah. the women out there and all the children out there. I mean, this didn't happen to me just when I was 16. This happened to me when I was a baby, when I don't even remember it. My mom yeah. told me, and I went up to my bedroom, and I said, I said, Lord, I said, I have forgiven all of them. And if you want me to remember this, I will, and then I'll forgive. But I'm telling you right now, I forgive them. Whether I remember it or not, I forgive my aunt and uncle. And I truly sat up in my bedroom and weeped. I said, I forgive them, Lord. You know, I have no memory of it, but my mother told me what happened. And this is, of course, after my mom got sober and clean and and married the last man, the seventh husband. But the movie is also about the men. It's for the men out there that have, have absolutely sexually assaulted other women. This movie yeah. is not just for women. It's for men. Oh, and it's mm-hmm. also for men that's been sexually abused. It is across the board for everybody. And it's yeah. called Washed by the Water. The movie will be called Washed by the Water. And it's an incredible story of God's oh. redemption. Well, friends, let's support her with this movie because this is powerful. This is incredibly powerful to be able to help heal our world. Yeah. Because I mean, if every single person could forgive the way that God has allowed you to, those that have hurt you, harmed you, yeah. and pray for the the person. Yeah. Can you imagine what God can do in With that? That would do can that? you imagine? You know, I can. And that's why I'm so passionate about the movie. I can see people, people say, well, what do you want? And I said, you know what I don't want? I don't want this after the movie. I want people grabbing their phones and saying, mama, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Or daddy, I'm sorry. We, I forgive you. Or, you know, I want them reaching for their phones, going to the houses, you know, an altar right there in the movie theaters where they're bringing themselves down and, and asking for forgiveness because they're the person that actually molested somebody else. And then yes. going to the person and asking for forgiveness. And the people that are, you know, I just want the movie theaters become an altar. Movement. Yes. Yeah. I just, oh, the my huge movement of people, the, this, the person that abused and the abuser all in the same aisle, all begging God to, not just necessarily begging God, but asking God to forgive them. Yes, Michelle. You know, this just is so, this is so, life. yes, this is so huge. Um, do you recall? The movie The Shack. I did. Did you ever did you ever see that? I did. I did. And did you see when they were trying to help him forgive or to get out of that state of so much hate for the yeah. man that killed his daughter, murdered his daughter? And then, you know, they they bring a perspective in to what that abuser's life was like yeah to give him a perspective to help him come to some way of coping right yeah i forgot all about that little that i mean and i think i think struggling it's been a long time i've seen it yeah it's been out for a long long time but i'll tell you what every time i see that movie it's like oh my we've got to pray for these people that are murdering and 
you know, because of of recent, maybe the Lord and the Holy Spirit was preparing me for this interview. But of recent, I've been watching these stories of those who have had loved ones that have murdered others in school. Yeah. You know, shooting them up like, you know, the Dylan Claybold from the Columbine shooting, his mother and what she's had to endure as a mother and trying to redeem what her son did and how she struggled and the hate and, you know, and her son, her son was messed up, you know? Yes, he was. He got messed up. The enemy got into him and he, he didn't have salvation, you know? I just know though that this is powerful. It's so powerful for you to sit here and, and share that. I honor you. I really honor the Holy Spirit in you and what you're trying to do. And I really pray that your movie will get traction and that this will really make a difference in our world as we heal because we're wounded. People are wounded. We are wounded. The world's wounded. And yes, and from the fall everything that's transpired, but God is our redeemer. They're wounded and they need hope. And God is your redeemer and he's my redeemer. And if he can do it for me, I mean, seriously, drug me out of a pit, put my feet on a solid rock, put a new song in my heart, gave me joy that I never ever knew I could have. I mean, I laugh and I enjoy life and I love people. This is the thing. I love people. And I don't, the Bible says, how easy is it for you to love somebody that is lovely? How easy is it for that? The true test is, can you love somebody that's not lovely, that did not do lovely things to you? Yeah. That's that's the true test of love. And I'm telling you, I have a compassion for God's people burning so deep in my heart. I love people. And I hurt when other people are hurting and I want them healed. And I okay. want them to experience the God that I know and the savior yeah. I know and the deliverer I know, because I know if he can do it for me, he can do it for them. I know it. I know it. Yeah. And I just need them to know it. Well, there's going to be many that are going to hear this. Yeah. So that brings me much joy. It will, (laughs) it will bring you joy because the Lord is going to see um, you through this. Yeah. And one of the things um, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up um, is tell us just a little bit about how you can be reached. Okay. And then if someone wants to give, to help your ministry or to help fund that movie. You will you tell us more details about that? Sure. And then if you can leave us with a favorite scripture. Oh gosh, yes. For strengthening around maybe that whole forgiveness piece. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's one that I've stood on for 30 years. So I'll share that one because that one's never failed. Never failed me. So uh my the production company uh is is called Unveiled Studios out of Canada. It's Daniel Kuman and his brothers, Matthew and Andrew. They have uh, some other movies that they have put out. Um, they've done well. They also know Dallas Jenkins, the one of The Chosen, their friends. Um, he has read my story and he has already written, I think, 15 pages of the new script, um, which is incredible, Washed by the Water. If you want to give to the movie, you can give at Capstone Legacy Foundation and you would go scroll down to Wash by the Water. There's an easy button to click and it's a tax write-off. They'll send you all your taxes every year. They take care of everything. If you want to sow to my ministry, you can go to F as in Frank, B as in boy, ministries.com. And that's my website. And you can go out there, I believe, and give. Um, You can reach me on through my website. You can also reach me on Facebook as Arthur, <laughs> funny story, but I to tell it. Arthur Michelle with one L Davenport. I'm on Facebook. You can always reach out to me there. I'm, I'm on there quite often sharing God and his goodness. 
um, yeah, those are some places you can find me and reach me. Um, yeah. And my favorite scripture scripture is Mark eleven twenty five, and it says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you. That is one of my go-to scriptures because it says, and it says right here, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you. That word may is in every translation. So may is a stipulation. Mark 6, 14 says that, I mean, Matthew 6, 14 says this, forgive and you'll be forgiven. If you don't, you won't. Now, listen, that's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. I didn't make it up. It's in there. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. If you don't, you won't. How can we stand before God and say, I will not forgive someone when God gave his only son to forgive us? How? I don't, I know there's horrificness, but no matter what I've gone through, what you've gone through, what anybody listening or watching has gone through, nobody went through what Jesus went through. No. And nobody will ever go through what Jesus went through. It was horrific. And he stood there and he says, forgive them, Father, for they know what not they do. So those are my scriptures. Those are my foundational scriptures. I also like Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the word of God and renewing your mind with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Great. There's some for, there's some fireworks for you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. What a great way to wrap up. So thanks again. Michelle, for taking the time to share this incredible God story, your freeing words, your just uplifting God words of hope for our world and for others. Um, we have to remember that we're all broken and it's only through Jesus Christ that we can come back through a relationship and restoration to God the Father through him. and. He loves us so. He loves us so. Yes, he, he loves the worst person on this earth. So. Yeah. He died for him too. That's what he I did. He, he died she, for him too. Yes. You know, and so. For me. And, and so friends, we will have this episode available on our website. And now it's time to hear a mental health tip from Sherry Puckett, who is our um, licensed professional counselor that we partner with here at Altered Stories Ministry. Hello, friends. This is Sherry Puckett, licensed professional counselor. And today I would like to talk to you about what to do when you feel mentally stuck. Maybe you have some trauma from your past or difficult circumstances that you feel are weighing you down and you admire the testimonies on altered stories, these God stories of how God intervened and just turned their difficult situation into something so powerful and so beautiful, and yet you feel like, oh God, I'm just not there, but I want so desperately to be there. So let me give you a quick tip on what to do. I say a quick tip, but it's pretty powerful. Um, first of all, I wanna talk about how your brain works. Your brain has what's called mirror neurons. And these mirror neurons take snapshots of your life starting day one. Um, so if you've had difficult, painful situations in your life, your brain will take snapshots of that. So that's your memory. But more importantly, um, you have thought patterns that are associated with those um, mirror neurons. So, for example, if you see something or you were abused as a child or you saw abuse as a child, and in that moment you felt insecure, you felt worthless, you felt like there was no hope or any of those emotions tied to that memory, they stick with you. And so it's no wonder why the Bible speaks so much about renewing your mind. So again, let me get to the point. First of all, if you're a believer in Jesus, I want you to rest on the foundation that Jesus has come to heal the brokenhearted. 
Um, in Luke chapter 4, 18, it says, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So Jesus is acknowledging that we are brokenhearted people. We have experienced trauma. And so know that you don't need to be ashamed of it. You need to bring it to Jesus. This is the trick. So we want to walk in truth. And that means that you acknowledge, oh my gosh, this is painful still. It's been a long time ago and I love you, God, but my heart is still broken in this area of my life. This is what you want to do. You want to focus, focus on Jesus and who he is and who he says you are. The difference is this. If you allow like the mirror neurons and your thought patterns to remain the same, that, okay, there's this horrific situation and I am worthless. This time you're going to take a new snapshot, but this snapshot is of Jesus. And you're going to go to Jesus and say, God, I love you. I know that you are creator of all things seen and unseen. And my heart is broken right here. I know that I am your daughter, your beloved, your treasured one. And you love me with an everlasting love. In fact, your love fills all things. And God, I come to you with my brokenness. So what you're doing in this situation is you're creating new mirror neurons. You're creating a new narrative where you are taking every painful situation that has ever come to you, to the one who created all things seen and unseen, and that he sees you as his beloved one, that's a game changer. And let me give you the scriptural reference for that. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled face beholding, listen to this, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, which is his character, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord. And so this is what it looks like. You take your pain to the Lord and you're creating new neural pathways in your mind. You're creating new mirror neurons also in your mind. You're taking a snapshot of the glory of the Lord and you are being transformed by the Holy Spirit in your thinking, in your thinking. I hope that makes sense for you. Just know that God loves you and he wants to bring healing to your heart and he's going to bring you and walk you down the path of healing as you behold his glory. You will be transformed as well. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.